For those that are trickling in, welcome. We are live, last minute live on our show. That's what B said tonight. Uh, we wanted to record an episode on Sunday night uh, instead of earlier on this week, just because of the draft that was going on. So welcome in, everyone. I'm your host, Bree at Breezy Clee, and I am joined by Brittany Mollis at Bird's Eye View. Hello, Brittany. Hello, everyone. And Miss Meredith, we are welcoming welcoming her to the show live at MCAN Sports is where you can find her. Hi, Mayor. Hi. So if you guys tuned in at any point last week, you saw me and Brittany. Miss Meredith was actually working the draft. So she was MIA doing an amazing job. I'm sure, Meredith, you were coming down off of the either the high. Uh, were you running on pure adrenaline for the last four days? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm still like, I still feel like I'm recovering. I spent like half the day on the couch. I'm just, I am beat like well, in a good, like in a good, good way. way. It's fun. But yeah, it's, you know, doing live shows based on events, like multiple days in a row is really draining. It's so much fun and so rewarding, but like I'm drained. So well, we like appreciate a, a lot you of people, joining us. A lot of people on Facebook don't know Meredith. So why don't you tell them like where you work and, you know, give them a little background. Oh my gosh. I'm so bad at these things. And now <laughs> you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> no, cause there's like, Oh, you know, there's like a, we have like a, a another new following on there. So I just want them well, to know, you know we love you and you're very, you know, you're one of us and <laughs> I want them to know who you are. Uh, I'm Meredith. I, <laughs> Uh, moved to Cleveland uh, four and a half years ago to to work here. I work at a local radio station, 92 Feet Fan. Um, I also produce for Browns Radio. So yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I do here. And then, you know, I'll occasionally do um, other work for Sports in Columbus. Like I do um, digital work for both the crew and, and the Blue Jackets. So if so. you only see me and Brittany, um, that is the reason why, because Meredith has a full-time gig where she is working all these amazing events and she joins us whenever she can. And we obviously love having her um, because she's obviously in the inn as well on what is happening out there. So we are a trio on most days. Mm -hmm. Well, ladies, we have so much to talk about. Uh, but before we start, um, I should just say like, Meredith, props to you and everyone working for the last four days for the NFL draft. I mean, Cleveland, it, as an outsider, you know, watching it on the TV because I couldn't make it there in person, it was incredible. It looked amazing, even with the weather elements. Um, but you guys were both there and live. So I wanted to just, obviously, Meredith, you were working, but on the other end of the spectrum, Brittany, how was it experiencing it as a fan in the city? It it was everything. I can't, <laughs> I I can't stop smiling right now. And it's just because like, I felt like it was the first time in such a long time that people had a reason to celebrate. People had a reason to get out. They could get out safely. Yep. Everything was done so beautifully. And like, granted, the weather wasn't great for at least the first day. Um, it's a little bit chilly, but nobody minded. Uh, there were no real problems around. Like it was just everything. Remember when, um, we had the all-star game here for Major League Baseball. Yes. Beautiful. It was a perfect setup. Cleveland really showed out this time. And it was just so much fun to be out and about and high-fiving other Browns fans for the first time in a long time. We loved it. It was wonderful. Yeah. I mean, it it was just a job well done. Um, yes. And I would say, too, the other thing before we get into Browns specifics I wanted to touch on. Um, and for those of you that are joining us live, please feel free to jump into the comments and let us know what you thought if you were there in person. And for anyone that's listening to us later in the week, obviously, we're responding to people live and we hope you join us live eventually. But the one thing that I noticed, at least on the TV, and I was watching NFL Network, they weren't really doing like the whole sob story stories this year. Um, it, it, mm -mm. it didn't feel like no. a downer as much. Um, and like some of my biggest takeaways, number one, Miles Garrett and that suit that he wore, I have never seen a human <laughs> that large wear a suit that small. I think okay. it was Joe Thomas that said he looked like he was wearing one of those kids Halloween costumes that have the muscles built in. I was about yes. to say, I don't know if I'm like going to date myself with this, but do you guys remember the stretch Armstrong toys? 
Yes. Like, oh my God. Yes. I love Stretch Armstrong. Yes. That's what it reminded <laughs> Like he reminded me of like Stretch Armstrong when he was like all squished in and he's like <laughs> muscles were bulging. I was just like, you, I mean, he's been doing like 10 foot tall box jumps in the gym. So oh I mean, gosh. he's, it's, you can tell he's been working out in the off season. I think that any offense that has to face Miles Garrett this upcoming season should be terrified. I'm terrified uh, for them yeah. and I don't even care about them. <laughs> <laughs> like I want them to do poorly and I'm still scared for them. Yeah. He is going to wreck some people this year. And I, I mean, I, I don't know if he's fully recovered from his COVID experience, but he looks like he is back to hundred percent, at least physically. Yes. Hopefully that pans out. Um, the only other thing I will say about the broadcast, um, I, I did feel like they got a little bit lazy <laughs> towards the end, like, <laughs> you know, in the fourth or fifth round, or maybe it was even the third round at that I think point. I like by the third round, Which, those that's, bullet that's points. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you, Brittany, I don't know if you, I don't know which network you were watching, but you know, they put out like the bullet points when a player mm -hmm. got drafted of characteristics and I started laughing because I forget which team it was that took a quarterback a little bit later on. But one of the bullet points was live arm. <laughs> what I, looked at it, I looked at it and I was like, as opposed to a dead arm? Like, what, what does that what even mean? mean? <laughs> My favorite lazy bullet point of the night. I don't even remember what, who it was for, but it said polished hands. And I was just like... <laughs> You can't say that, not tell us what color nail polish he used. <laughs> yeah, it, like some of it is like, so then I started like paying attention. I was like, wow, they have gotten extremely lazy with whoever is doing these research on these players and the bullet points. I think this quarter, whoever they were describing at quarterback, they also had, it was like live arm and Kirk Cousins. And I was like, oh boy, <laughs> you're really yeah, selling me on this one. Yeah, I guess like the, the research department got a little, uh, they were scrambling when when you're getting down to like those, you know, North Dakota State University people getting drafted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nothing against North Dakota State. I'm just, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's just not a power five school. So you don't have as much information on it. I don't, want, I don't want to upset anybody. I'm sorry. No, but I, are we, do we really care for upsetting people? Sometimes. Sometimes. Okay, you're right. We have new listeners, new followers. We will be we will be kind. Okay, so we have a lot of things to unpack tonight um, regarding the Browns and how they ended up panning out in the draft. And I, I, I have been waiting all day to talk about this. I've been so excited. Um, but I do want to announce we are going to do a little giveaway um, in the show. So stay tuned. Stick around for that. We will be giving away... Um, a grill pack, some beef, some beef and hot dogs, um, a local Youngstown butcher shop called Catula Meats. Um, Danny Catullo is a good friend of the show, and we will be giving away a grill pack for the summer. Um, and that pack is going to include four jumbo burgers and four jumbo hot dogs. If you've not had their hot dogs, you've not actually had a hot dog. These are the best hot dogs I've ever had in my entire life. Um, so stick around. We'll be doing a question. Um, you'll have to answer in the comment section to be eligible to win. Um, and if you're not local to Youngstown, don't worry. He can ship it out. So uh, stick around for that. All right, ladies. So let's get into it. So this draft for Andrew Barry was all about the defense. Don't yes. think we were really surprised by that, knowing the state of the defense that we were coming off of from last year. So um, just to remind everyone, I don't know if you've forgotten already, but the Browns defense was not good last year. Um, in fact, they gave up the 11th highest average of passing yards. At, that was 247.6 and the 12th highest points per game at 26.2. Opponents, I think we'll all remember this, converted 43.9% of their third downs. 10th highest conversion rate in the league. Obviously, the one that sticks out the most, the game against Kansas City. Uh, I have, I, 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 I can't even, I actually would have thought that 43.9, it would have been way higher than that. Mm -hmm. That game should have been at least like 10 points weighted <laughs> this average. Um, the Browns offense averaged 25.5 points per game, um, which is obviously less than what the defense gave up in a game, but somehow they still managed to win 11 games and obviously make it into the second round of the playoffs. When we were doing this show a year ago, we used to say 
the Browns' best defense was their offense, meaning that we had to, in some cases, put up at least 25 to 30 points to have a chance to win the game because we knew our defense couldn't necessarily hold teams to a touchdown or even two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. We knew that this was not sustainable. No. So did Andrew Barry. Uh, and he said he was going to get aggressive in attaining talent and building a strong, fast, and sustainable defense. And my goodness, did he do that? So let's go over the first pick, um, number 26. The Browns, as everyone knows, drafted a cornerback, Greg Newsom II, out of Northwestern. So, Meredith, we were doing the show live, and everyone knows, I think at this point, that Brittany has a soft spot, <laughs> to say the least, for Jeremiah Owusu koromoa who, spoiler alert, is also a Cleveland Brown, but on Thursday night, he was not. Yet he happened to be on the board at that point in time. And the Browns chose cornerback Greg Newsom, obviously over him. So when we were doing this live stream, Brittany was absolutely devastated. I was inconsolable. (laughs) (laughs) And I was, I was, I was good kind of with like, there were four to five guys who I was like, okay, if they're on the board, I'm fine if they take any of these guys. And actually at that point, I think four out of the five were on the board at that point when they were picking. So I was kind of just like, I'm good with however, however the shoe falls. Brittany though, I was having a really hard time because you were so sad and I didn't want to be happy. So at that point I thought, for sure that my dream was dead. I was like, all right, I had this all set up in my head that the situation was going to fall perfectly and it just did and now it's done. What I didn't account for is that Andrew Barry is a genius who would never <laughs> let me down and silly me forever thinking that he wasn't going to still get Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. That's my bad. Sorry, guys. I will never not trust Andrew Barry again in the history <laughs> of my life. How stupid. Okay, I I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I have to throw you under the bus just for a minute because yes. Brittany was she, so Meredith, you know, Brittany, she, she obviously like is a huge Andrew Barry supporter. Yes. She was in a really bad state of mind because she said out loud, I have never been like, this might be the worst thing Andrew Barry has ever done. Like, I, for, I forget how you worded it, Brittany, but you were pretty much like he was your child. And it was like, I'm so disappointed in him. Like, I was, right now. I was like mom in that moment. Like, I'm, yes. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. And like, <laughs> I was on the verge of tears. I was sitting there like, you know, this, like, how did this just happen? Everything fell so perfectly. And we're going to talk about how everything fell. But like, and we'll get into how the reaction was when he was drafted. But let's focus on our new quarterback because now I love him. Now I'm ready to, to be his cheerleader. <laughs> how long did it take, Brittany, for you to fall in love? Until did that, you- until the moment that Jeremiah was the quarterback. Okay. Well, actually, no. When the Browns traded up, I was like, all right, I'm on the path to loving Newsom now. Okay. We're good. Okay. So do you guys want to talk about our new cornerback? Yeah, heck yeah. Of course. Of course. He's our first, our first pick, our the Browns' first pick uh of this year's draft. And it was a it was very strange uh picking so late. It was almost it was 11 30 when the pick happened. Yes. Yeah. So it's not something that Browns fans are used to, but I have a feeling that it's something that we're going to have to get used to. Yeah. So moving forward, which is a good thing. Cornerback has obviously been top of mind, I think, for all of us, knowing that Denzel Ward, really good when he's on the field, has battled injuries, obviously battled COVID last year. Greedy Williams didn't play the entire year last year. We have no idea what Greedy Williams is going to be this year. We hope that we get him back. Seems to to be that he's on the right path to recovery. We obviously got Troy Hill free agent um, who signed with us. So again, like really great signing there, but it still felt like we needed more, especially Mm -hmm. in a heavy passing league. So I love the fact that they went cornerback and Greg Newsom specifically, he was number one in the big 10 and passes defended as a junior and led um, the entire um, football in passer rating against wait, hang on a second. Of 10 completions he allowed in 2020, only one was 10 plus yards downfield. I was like, I have to read that again because that is pretty incredible. 
Yeah. And especially knowing that the schools he was playing in Big Ten. And and I will also say that he played a really great game against Justin Fields. And I think that's probably part of the reason that Justin Fields' stock maybe went down a little bit because he struggled against Northwestern. Um, he has agile footwork and anticipation. He attaches himself to receivers and stays under control and coverage. He has terrific eyes to sort and make plays. Um, and also he's fast. He recorded a 4.38 40-yard dash and a 40-inch vertical jump, um, both among were some of the top measurements of all cornerback prospects. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I- I'm sold. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I was sold on him the minute they they put the cameras in Berea and they flashed into Andrew Barry's office for a split second after the pick was completed. And by the look on Andrew Barry's face, you knew that they that Greg Newsom was very likely at the top of their big board because that yeah. smile, that yeah. smile on Andrew Barry's face, like I don't know if he was tired after you know having a baby or or what, but like he was very pleased with with that pick. I I would like to think if Caleb Farley was on the board, <laughs> they would have taken him. I knew it. I but, knew it. But it's okay. Caleb Farley was not available. And uh, he wasn't worth trading up for as much as I love him. He was not worth trading up for. So uh, yeah, they got a shutdown corner at 26 and that is just it. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, I think Andrew Barry hit that one out of the park. I think that was probably Andrew Barry's number one guy, like overall of anyone. Yeah. And imagine how excited he was when he happened to fall to 26. I, I wasn't expecting that. Like the quarterback situation, they had, let's see, Horn went first, right? He wasn't supposed to go first. Like, yeah, I mean, it went, like it went turn. two back to back, right? Eight and nine. Yeah. And then back. I was like, oh, okay. There's no way Newsom's going to be there at 26. Once I thought it was like, going to be like a domino thing. Once one went, they were all just going to fall. Silly me. Yeah. And, and I will say too, I mean, it did honestly feel like that the draft, first of all, as Browns fans, as an organization, we're not used to being that low in in terms of having a draft pick, right? Like pick 26. It's so hard to predict like what could happen just because obviously there's one through 25 happening in front of you. So, you know, you probably have a list of players that you're like, if they're on the board, I'm hundred percent taking them. Mm -hmm. I wonder how many they actually had that they were like, okay, now we get to pick from like, we actually have a lot of options still left to be able to pick at this pick number 26. And it's funny because in a lot of instances, we as fans were talking about the Browns are probably going to have to trade up to get the guy they want. You know, like I was thinking we would probably have to give something up to, to maybe move up to pick 20 or even before that. And to be able to get the guy that we wanted. And, and obviously like they stay patient because there was a lot of offensive players going off the board and they felt they had to have felt pretty confident that Greg Newsom would still be there to be able to go and get him. Mm-hmm. We love it. Yeah, yeah. Same. I mean, and, and think about, you know, him coming on to the team and competing against guys like Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, who, by the way, did you guys see him running a 40 yard dash today? I think he saw some of the times of the process <laughs> of the Browns drafted. <laughs> The wide out that they got in the fourth round ran like a four, four, two or something like that. Oh, so I think, yeah. So I think He's OBJ, like, yeah. OBJ is looking at that and saying, I can still beat that. Yes. That. It's, it's so funny how um, players definitely seem to be paying attention to what's going on. And it's almost like, you know, it's like, it's like a newborn baby was born with all of these draft picks and all of the older siblings are like, look at me, look at me, like pay attention to me. Why aren't you talking about me? <laughs> so you're exactly right in that, that it's like, okay, OBJ is like, Hey, look at me. I tore my ACL and I'm already back running and I look really fast. So that was impressive. Anyway, yeah. uh, Greg Newsom is going to obviously be up against some really strong competition in the wide receiving room um, against the Browns. So I'm excited to see how he goes out there and competes, but uh, I cannot wait to see this team assembled. So let's get into uh, pick number 52, which the Browns traded up seven spots to go get Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa from Notre Dame, um, the linebacker safety 
um, that, you know, Brittany was pretty disappointed about by him not getting him at pick 26. Who would have thought that Andrew Barry knew that somehow he would still be available in round two to go get him? Here's what I think. I I truly believe that if if Newsom wasn't there at 26, the Browns would have taken Jeremiah at 26 on the fr- really you know night one. I believe that 100. percent I think it was between those two, and they probably weren't expecting Newsom to be there. Which you know why would you? Um, I honestly wasn't expecting Jeremiah Owusu Kormo to be there either. But alas, everything fell exactly how it should. Um, but yeah, like I just when they traded up. I was standing outside because I was waiting for my friend to show up where we were. We were at uh, some bar in the flats. I was waiting outside and then I hear everyone cheer. And I was like, well, it's not their pick yet. So I look at the TV and so the Browns traded up. I booked it back inside. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's really happening. Andrew Barry really found a way to pull this off. He did it. And then you saw uh, Paul D. Podesta talking about it later. He said, yeah, we were pacing around at like pick 44, 45, 46, trying to, you know, navigate if he was going to be there or not, what would their, their next move was going to be. And he was there traded up 52, got their man. I'm good. There are a lot of moves that Andrew Barry made. And a lot of people that Andrew Barry picked in this year's draft that just had my jaw on the floor every single time because, and, and we'll get to this when we get to some of the later picks, mm-hmm. but I was just like, how, how does he hit the nail on the head? I know. Every single time, you know, it's like when Fran Mel Reyes goes up and, you know, hits a 446 yard home run. Like that's what Andrew Barry was doing on every single pick. Like every pick had something that was so perfect and so fitting for the Browns every single time in every single way. And I think I just, I think that JOK is absolutely going to flourish on the Browns. Um, I think possibly one of the reasons why he fell the way he did is just because he's so, versatile because he could be a safety he could be a linebacker there's so many positions that he could play and so many roles that he could fill that front offices might have been looking at that and saying well I don't know how he's going to fit into our scheme so we don't want to draft him whereas Andrew Barry says I'm going to get guys who are really good at football and JOK is really good at football like that's sort of that's 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 my read on on why JOK fell but obviously they knew that he wasn't going to fall that far. So they traded up, they got him. It was just genius move. Absolute genius move. Yeah. And I think I tried to explain this to people because when he kept falling and falling and falling, they're like, why is he falling? There's something they're not telling us what's wrong with this guy. I was like, guys in the first round, there were only a couple teams who might have drafted him just because he's a very unique player. that does not fit everywhere. He's not going to fit everywhere. Some coaches are going to look at him and be like, you know, there's, we don't have a place for you. And that's fine. It's not like, it's not a knock at his talent or what he's able to do. And there's a lot of people who are saying, well, you know, he's oversized for a safety and he's undersized for a linebacker. And like, that's fine. But I think Andrew Barry probably knows a little better, like, you know, sizing and where guys fit in schemes and how to utilize these players, how to maximize their potential. So I'm sorry, like size guy that likes to analyze things, but Andrew Barry knows better than you. He just does. So <laughs> Andrew Barry knows better than all of us. That's true. Clearly, (laughs) that was very clear all weekend that Andrew Barry was in complete control of the draft. Let's just say like there was no doubt in my mind. I mean, there was some big D energy. Like that thing was just flailing around all weekend. And no disrespect. I I don't mean that like in a gross way. I I thought you meant defense. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that too. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's obviously, that's the, that's the personality. I mean, he, he, he doesn't have to be loud. I think in the past we wanted these like loud leaders um, and GMs that, that came in and said all these things. Like we talk a lot and we're going to do this and we're going to do, no, he doesn't have to. He just goes and does it. And to me, that is so refreshing um, as a fan to know that like, it doesn't like, it doesn't have to just be talk. It's literally action. And, and they, they don't, there's not leaks coming out of the organization. And we've talked about this time and time again, but it, it's just so refreshing to be able to be a part of that and to be a fan of that. Because I think 
we are respected. They are respected. And if you listen to his press conference, him and Kevin Stefanski, and, and they did multiple over the weekend, they were having fun. They were joking around. They were clearly in complete alignment. There was no there was no reports being leaked out that Kevin Stefanski didn't know who Andrew Barry was going to pick and scouts didn't know who Andrew Barry was going to pick. And, and there was none of that confusion or dysfunction around the Browns organization. So, I mean, to me, that's just incredible. But let's go back to Jock. We like to call him Jock on the show. Um, so Jock, obviously, he's got that hybrid role, you know, and Andrew Barry made a joke about it. Like, didn't think you guys would think I would draft a linebacker and even trade up for one, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, yeah. I mean, he was having fun. Well, yeah, fun all the fans all week long there were like different camps of fans so you had the anti-linebacker it's not important this isn't what they're gonna do andrew barry hates linebackers and then you know the the pro cornerbacks this is the first draft i can remember where everyone came out of it happy not that this is it's not andrew barry's job to please the fans but he did somehow <laughs> he, he does did. it yeah, because no matter who you were, you were so happy by the end of this draft. I I don't know any Browns fans are like, you know, things could have gone a little bit better. No, I really don't. I can't picture a scenario where they could have gone any better than they did. I mean, it was yeah. kind of like in when free agency started and Andrew Barry wasn't making massive moves on the first day or the second day and everyone was getting up in arms about it and everyone was turning on him and getting angry and upset. And then next thing you know... You've got John Johnson, you've got Troy Hill, got Tack McKinley. He wound up getting Davion Clowney before the draft started. It was just like, it was the slow burn with Andrew Barry in free agency. And I feel like the draft was a little bit of the same way. It was a little bit of a slow mm -hmm. burn because as every pick came by, even in those late round picks, he was like firing on all cylinders on every single one of them. So, so I have yeah. to say, that it was friday night round two right yes i had gotten my daughter like all set up with the movie and and we were we had that on the main tv and i had my ipod my ipad set up where i had the draft streaming live and i knew that the browns pick was obviously like a little bit later so i was like i'm gonna put it on the background and just like kind of pay attention but i was getting so nervous because you know jock was still on the board Brittany, and like every pick that came through i was like oh here we go they're gonna pick him and i don't know why i just felt like very attached because we didn't get him in round one but i was like well there's still a chance to get him in round two and i was mm -hmm. fully expecting him to go off the board pretty quickly yeah. and then like as it kept going and going and going and teams were not picking him i was like oh my gosh like there is still a chance that mm -hmm. the browns could get him and so my daughter, I was getting ready to put her to bed and I, I had the, the draft on in my TV and I, and I like literally turned and looked and it said the Browns trade up. And I was like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God, it's happening. Like, it's happening. And then of course I couldn't wait and I was streaming it. So I looked on my phone and everyone was confirming that Jock was going to be a Cleveland Brown. So I ruined the moment for me to actually like see it. Live. <laughs> like, what a moment to actually like witness it on TV being called in Cleveland. It, it felt like so many Clevelanders were rooting for him at that point that it just made it so special um and the fact too that you know he was a linebacker yeah um and Andrew Barry traded up for him I mean it just it just felt like Andrew Barry was like trolling the fan base and it was just spectacular the fact that he mentioned you know the linebacker dig and he's like didn't bet you didn't think I'd trade up for a linebacker but like he gets it. He he knows what people are saying about him. He understands what the what the fans complain about and what his reputation is, especially with that specific position. <laughs> and he makes light of it because we all won that night. He did everything right. He made all the right moves. Yeah. Andrew yeah. Barry is so much smarter than people give him credit for. Like, I think at this point, people are recognizing that he's smart. And it's not just because he went to Harvard, but he's like one of those guys who is both book smart and street smart. And I think that is what it takes to be a successful NFL GM. And I think that's the future of, of front office, front office positions in the NFL. Like you're, I don't think you're going to be successful being like the John Dorsey straight, straightforward football guy anymore. Like, I think you have to have that hybrid mind of the, the analytics along with the football guy. Thing. So, I mean, it's not that John Dorsey was bad at evaluating talent. He wasn't. He brought a lot of really good talent to the mm -hmm. Cleveland Browns, but it's just the 
the league is evolving and Andrew Barry is the future. Okay, so Awusu Koromoa, um, let's talk about him for a minute. So in his three seasons with Notre Dame, he totaled seven sacks, 24 and a half tackles for a loss, five forced fumbles, eight passes defended. Um, and then he solidified that status as a top prospect in the draft in 2020 when he recorded one and a half sacks and a career high, three forced fumbles. So obviously he's joining the linebacking group, um, a very young group. Um, you have Anthony Walker, who we picked up in free agency this year. Um Jacob Phillips, we drafted last year. There's Mac Wilson, Sione Takitaki from the 2018 draft. And then um, we re-signed Malcolm Smith. So we do have a veteran player in that room. Um, but for the most part, it's filled with youth. And obviously, very poor play last year. Yeah. Um, the one thing that jumped out at me about Owusu Koromoa, and quite frankly, a lot of the free agents that Andrew Berry signed this year, is the fact that they are versatile. And they can play multiple positions. Mm-hmm. I think when you look at John John, you have Delpit, you have Delpit coming back, you have Jock that could be in the lineup. I think you have a really solid defense where these guys can kind of flip into different coverages, confuse opposing offenses. To me, Joe Woods kind of has he has the world in his hands right now. Yes. And, and you know, like I think last year everyone was ready to fire him um after the season. And this year, to me, there's way more pressure on him because he now has the pieces to build a defense that he wants to run. And quite frankly, we have no excuses anymore because we have so many pieces and key players that can fit into so many different coverages and schemes that the only thing that I think could hold this team back is just not getting enough reps on the field together. But, you know, that that is my only hesitation at this point in time. Like all the pieces are there. The roster is there. Now it's just a matter of putting it all together. Although thankfully this year we actually do have a preseason for them to work out those kinks. Uh, They'll be, you know, rookie camp OTAs, Um, you know, not quite sure what the PA has worked out with the NFL yet in terms of the offseason, but we're going to get a full training camp. We're going to get the the new full preseason which is only three games now but still like I think that is going to be so huge for this team I was arguing with my dad earlier today because he's one of those oh the Browns are better without Odell I almost <laughs> it's a good thing we, your dad, it, is, it is a good thing that he was on the phone because I was at what a what a smack him he doesn't have social media <laughs> but um but yeah that's and and I told him that the Browns were going to get better as the season progressed baker was going to get better as the season progressed it's just unfortunate that it didn't happen while odell beckham jr was on the year because i even this is what i even said this time last year or not this time last year but going into the season last year on the podcast i said the first four games might be ugly yeah because that is essentially how like where the team would have normally been working out their kinks and figuring things out and developing chemistry it would have been during that preseason and they didn't have it and it showed, but the Browns got better inevitably. And so that's what I told him. So I just, I think that this year is, it's a much better situation for every team in the NFL, but I'm just, I'm very happy for Joe Woods that he gets these full training camps and he gets these three preseason games to work things out. And Andrew Barry just, Andrew Barry just gave him a whole feast, a whole feast for him. Well, and I think too, Andrew Barry's sort of forcing the hands of the guy's you know, if you look at uh, some guys that were drafted in 2019, so you have Grady, Grady Williams, Taki Taki, Sheldrick Redwine, Mac Wilson. He's forcing these guys through these the, the free agency and through draft to prove themselves this year. Mac like, is listen, be nervous. Yeah. I, I know, Mac. Mac, <laughs> Mac. Mac should be nervous after this weekend. Mac Wilson changed his profile picture to Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski. I'm not sure if you guys saw that. Oh, my God. That. No, I, I literally that. Happened. Oh, my God. I was like, I you know, it. I was saying there's... Flattery only gets you so far, Mac. It, well, and the fact that clearly Andrew Barry... It's not like he was stopping at a certain number. He wasn't like, oh, we need one linebacker, so we're going to draft mm-hmm. one linebacker. He was drafting talent. People are going to have to fight for a spot on this roster. That is very, very clear. And he, I think he made that clear over the weekend that not everybody's going to make the team. Yes, and I think everyone now sees – well, 
I don't know if he actually sees it. Like, I don't know if Mac Wilson actually thinks his job's in danger. <laughs> he, he, I, he, I mean, he he made his bosses his profile picture. I think he's aware. You know, I was, we gave him a hard time, obviously, but I was talking to my parents about it. And my mom was like, well, maybe they can hire him for the social media team. <laughs> Listen, the Browns social media team second to none. I, they are so good. They, like I think the Browns have one of the best social media teams in professional sports. They are so good. And then my favorite um, was I think it was after the second round, and they that picture of Andrew Barry. I think when he first got to Cleveland, where he's like in his office and he has this huge jovial smile on his yes. face, mm-hmm. and the Browns just tweeted that picture without comment after the second round, like. <laughs> The social media team is as smart as Andrew Barry is. Like, they're so good. Yes. Um, before we move off from Jock and continue talking about some of the other picks, um, I did want to touch on the one thing that he said is his favorite part of football, <laughs> which I feel like so many players have taken for granted on the Cleveland Browns. Not not this show, though. Nope. Tackling. Yep. Yay! <laughs> Yep. I mean, and he didn't didn't even hesitate. What's your favorite part? Tackling. 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 He knew how to play this this crowd, this fan base, right? This is what we want. We just want (laughs) linebackers that can tackle. You You know, it's not a lot to ask for, but it is. Line we yeah, we don't want linebackers running in the wrong direction while safeties are running circles counterclockwise because they don't know what's going on. Oh, and tackling their own players. <laughs> we, we should have had him clarify. Do you like tackling the other team or your own team? Because that seems to be a problem. <sighs> All right. Before we get into the next um the next topic here, I do have to introduce um one of our sponsors for the show. So um this This episode tonight is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health LLC, um, which is featuring the top superfood product from the Earth Echo food line, Cacao Bliss. Um, So Cacao Bliss is essentially um, naturally kissed by the sun, cacao beans, um, that gives you really great health benefits. Um, It's also blended with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan salt, cinnamon, and black pepper, which gives you a really wonderful blend to make delicious smoothies, um, smoothie bowls. Um, and again, um, it helps remove your cravings, facilitates weight loss, boosts your energy and reduces inflammation with a simple drink. Not only that, but it is friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. Um, if you guys want to try out the earth echo foods, cacao bliss, um, go ahead and use code minute 15. You will get 15% off using that code. And the website is at earth slash minute media. On the very opposite end of the spectrum, we mentioned we were doing a giveaway uh, with Catula Meats. We will be giving away a grill pack tonight featuring four jumbo beef hot dogs <laughs> and four burgers. Uh, so if you guys are around on the live show, get your keyboard fingers ready because the question tonight in order to win this prize pack is the Browns were given a GPA um of their draft please provide us the gpa number and the rank that they were given i believe this was from from pff go ahead and comment and we will confirm a winner all right or do a quick google search (laughs) oh 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 oh. everyone's whoa whoa all right so we got to go here with listen. Yeah, the it's believing girl three point yes, eight nine and number two. Um, go ahead and shoot us a DM, and we will get your information and get you that prize pack sent out. Again, um, the the meat market is Catola Meats here in Youngstown. It ha- they have wonderful stuff. Um, they are they are great fans of the show as well. So thank you, Danny, and your family for offering up that prize pack for our listeners. And we'll continue to hopefully do these with you guys tuning in live. So congratulations, Believe Land Girl. Don't forget to DM me. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. So um, again, in the third round, the Browns picked at number 92. So they selected wide receiver Anthony Schwartz from Auburn. 
a burner, if you will. Um, so at his three seasons at Auburn, he had caught six touchdowns, recorded 14, over 1,400 yards, um, and he was pretty much used as a runner. He's a track star. I love that song, by the way, on TikTok. He a runner, he a track star. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I had to just get that in there. Um, he had a 4.25 40-yard dash. Um, he was the fastest among 2021 prospects. He ran track at Auburn. He set the school record um, as a freshman at, in the 60 meters at 6.59. Um, he had a 10-2-1 100-meter dash. Um, and, I mean we all kind of thought that there was a chance Andrew Barry could, could pick wide receiver in this draft. Um, I actually was thinking he, he could have potentially picked someone at pick number 26. I'm happy he didn't. Uh, but lo and behold, the pick came obviously in round three at number 91. What did you guys think of this one? Fast. Yeah. <laughs> my, my first thought for, for this guy was punt returner. That was like the first thing that popped in my mind. Ooh, I'm like, that'd be interesting. Do you yeah. think he's big enough for that? Like, I'm worried he's going to get broken. Well, remember uh, Ted Ginn Jr.? He was real skinny, but he could like take it back. Yeah, I mean, listen, Tristan McKenzie shows that you shouldn't underestimate the skinny guys. <laughs> True. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that Shame. was, yeah, no, that was easily my first thought. Because I was like, for someone who is that fast. You know, if you're, you know, if you're kicking, if you have Donovan Peoples-Jones returning, like he's great. He'll get, you know, maybe 10 to 15 yards on a return, but Schwartz could get 20 or more with his speed. So I just, mm -hmm. you know, that was, that was the first thing that I thought, because I think that's a perfect spot for him because the wide receiver room is already pretty stacked. So I think punt returner is just like a great place for him on the field while he's still in that room learning from Jarvis and learning from OBJ and just, you know, developing his talent as a receiver. And the fact that he had five rushing touchdowns as a freshman and then yeah. two rushing touchdowns in 2019, like he could, he could run it, you know? Yeah. And I mean, and, and Auburn yeah. is no joke of a football program. You know, right. they, play, they, you know, they have to play Alabama and LSU every single year. So those, you know, that's those types of touchdowns in the sec are, you know, nothing to sleep on. Mm -hmm. This might be yeah. my sleeper pick, guys. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was pretty happy with this one, too, um, just because I feel like he offers a different level of dimension um, that we currently have in the wide receiving room. You know, I think obviously OBJ Jarvis are fantastic. Hollywood Higgins, we all know and love um, DPJ. We obviously saw a lot of him last year, but I love the fact that we do have a legitimate burner on the field. And, yes. and I think Kevin Stefanski can have some fun with this crafting up plays, you know, the end arounds, because like, here's the thing. One of his, one of his negatives was he wasn't a great route runner. Um, he wasn't clean in his routes, but okay. You're going to be throwing him in a room with two of the best wide receivers in the league with Jarvis and Odell. He's going to learn a ton from them in terms of route running, but in terms of next year and having an immediate impact on this team, give him ball, let him just run away. You know, like he doesn't have to be clean in route running this year, right? Like he can work on that for the years to come. This year, give him the ball and see if anyone can catch him. Mm -hmm. We haven't had that. Yeah. Except now Odell's going to try and beat his 40 <laughs> no, times. No, Odell can and he can't, he can't re-injure his ACL by trying to beat his 40-yard dash. <laughs> we love OBJ. I was so happy to see him running like that today. Oh, my gosh. Oh, me yes. too. It just, everything that's happened this weekend has just, it has it's a dream more and more excited yeah i know like do, do we need to like just somebody to like pinch us what's going on are we dreaming are we sleeping? Yeah, it, I, like i know i am very positive i know i'm overtly positive to a fault i made probably like five or six tiktoks just this weekend about the <laughs> cleveland browns because i was so excited and, if, you know, of course, I have everyone jumping into my jumping into my mentions. One of them was a Pittsburgh Steelers guy with a picture of just a tire as his profile picture. Um, and, you know, I have Raven fans jumping in there like we're not going to be able to get past the Ravens. We're going to finish third in the AFC North again. And I literally am just sitting there thinking, like, am I really blinded by my own bias? I feel like we need to read this this post from Steelers Reddit. Uh, oh, please, please bring this out. This is, this is a gem. Steelers, I mean, I haven't checked Ravens Reddit, but my I gotta goodness. get on Ravens later. Oh my goodness. I mean, so, they had a pretty solid draft. 
Yeah, I mean, and I just I feel like the animosity from Baltimore just isn't as vicious as it is from Pittsburgh. So let's let's read this. If I can get through it without laughing, let's read this Reddit post from Steelers Reddit. Um, title the draft colon a perspective on the media guys and it's it's addressed like i don't know if you can see it. it's addressed like a letter uh, <laughs> guys i think it's important to realize the steelers are rarely praised during the draft and rarely have great grades but here we are the greatest franchise in nfl history <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, okay it's not done it's a long letter uh, you know who listens to the media during the draft? The Browns. You know who gets the good grades in the draft? The Browns. Sure, they get all the coverage and praise, and every, in all caps, every offseason, they are favorites to go to the playoffs and win. But when it's all said and done, we always come out with quality players, even if we miss on a couple. So I'm not down on these solid picks at all if flashier more popular players were available and okay there's first, a lot to break down in that first of all when do the browns ever get good gra- draft grades outside of this year and last year well i mean if you think about it the browns have had the first overall pick in 2017 and then in 2018 they had the first overall pick and the number four pick so i mean yeah the Browns have had really, really high picks for a long time because they weren't good <laughs> because they were yes. a losing franchise for so long that they were getting top players in the draft because they were picking at the top of the draft. Like, it's just, duh, come on, Steelers, right? It, geez. And then, like, outside of, like, the Freddie Kitchens year it was a gas leak year. We try to pretend it didn't exist. But, like, outside of the past two seasons – how, how are the Browns playoff favorites every year? Like what, what, what universe is, uh, I don't, I don't even want to read this guy's username. What universe is he living in? What, like, I don't even know. Do they're just like the Steelers live on a different planet. Like Pittsburgh is not on the planet earth. No, I just think this is just insecurity. Um, because I think they know that the Browns had a really strong draft and the Browns are getting better after having a really strong season, beating them two times to end their season. And I don't think they want to admit that. I don't want, I, I think they like us to continuously mess up, even when we're put in positions to succeed. It's so much better when we are the little brother and they can make fun of us. And now we are actually building something of substance with this staff. And this staff is going to be around for a long time. Even if players, we can't keep them around for a long time. Like this staff is going to be around and they clearly know what they're doing. So I think that that is making the Steelers fans be fearful of the Browns because we're not just building into this year. Like this is sustainable stuff for the longtime future for the Cleveland Browns. Like it is a turnaround. Yeah. And the Steelers are on the verge of a tanking year. Um, They're probably not going to tank as long as Ben Roethlisberger is there because they're, you know, that, that man has too much of a strength hold on that organization to, to allow them to have, allow that to happen. But like the Steelers are going to be tanking sooner rather than later. And I don't think the fans are going to be able to handle it. Yeah, and I know we're obviously focused on the Browns draft, but they drafted a running back and a tight end with their first two picks. <laughs> I can't wait to see Big Ben throw five-yard slants. Their running yep. back run into all of our linebackers. Jock. Yeah, and like Big Ben, he's done. His arm's cooked. Noodle. He cannot go down, down the field anymore. I mean, I just, I really want Miles to sack him at least two to three more oh, times God. this season. Like, that, it's just, like, because Big Ben doesn't want to move. When he he'll, sees, he'll, he'll just he'll just throw it away because he doesn't yeah. want to get like he doesn't want to get t- like you literally could put a finger on him and he will he will fall apart he's a snowflake <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right well let's wrap up with the final picks um of the browns we won't spend a ton of time on them um just because we we are obviously about an hour in here um so in the fourth round um the browns did draft a tackle james hudson i want to talk about him though for a minute because 
Um, when you talk about a two-way player, this is someone that actually used to play defense that switched to offense. And we come to find out that he watched tape from Joe Thomas. So talk about playing into your your team and your fan base. Like this, like all of these guys are literally just like just made for this team. Yeah, that's what I was talking about earlier in the show, how Andrew Barry just somehow without fail managed to hit the nail on the head with every single draft pick. And I just, I love the idea of an offensive player that used to play defense because he even said in his introductory press conference that he still thinks like a defensive player, you know, defensive player, like their whole purpose on the field is to disrupt plays and to ruin your life. So now you've got this guy on offense who is going to protect Baker but also he's going to try and ruin the lives of, of the, of the defense on the other team. And that's perfect. Like, I think he's going to be a great, like he's, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Kendall lamb too, which is a player that we needed to get replaced. So I just like hearing him talk and the fact that he was just, you know, I don't, I'm not hundred percent sure when he switched from defense to offense, but the fact that that's like his first instinct is to go watch Joe Thomas highlights and he said he still watches Joe Thomas highlights to this day. And he says he's not going to stop watching Joe Thomas highlights. Like just, just perfect. Absolute perfection. He's, you did it. It's very, he's one of us. One yeah. of us. Um, and then going off of that, a defensive tackle out of Ohio state, Tommy Togiai, which um, it's funny. I think I saw someone tweet out that, we drafted a cornerback, which was a position of need. We drafted Jock out of Notre Dame, which was a fan favorite. And then we drafted a guy from Ohio State. Uh, it, it, like, it was like everyone sh- everyone in the Cleveland Browns fan base should have been happy based on everything, every event that happened. And it's it's so true. Like, it just felt like Andrew Barry is a man of his people. Yeah. Yes. There was nobody that was unhappy with this draft. I can't imagine there's somebody out there that was like, you know, I wish Andrew Barry would have done this. No. He made us all happy, and that's an impossible task. He did. He did. And then he went along in the fifth round. He drafted a linebacker, Tony Fields the second, um, and then a safety, Richard LeCount the third. And it it was at this moment in time where I was like, Andrew Barry now is only drafting players that are like seconds, thirds, and juniors. Because we have like now on the team, we have so many players that are a second, a third, and a junior. Like I literally am like, it is, I think I'm going to count them because I am really curious now. It was like every other pick, it was like, do they have to be a namesake to be now on I the Browns know. team? Yeah. Also in those later rounds, he traded back as well at yep. one point and he got a 2022 draft pick out of that, which is just, again, just a fantastic move because this year it, the Browns had initially nine draft picks. Like they didn't need nine guys. And then on top of that, it's it's going to be very hard to cut it down to 53. So the fact that he's, you know, giving up a little bit this year to get more next year, just cones of Dunshire, ladies and gentlemen what what we're playing over here yeah and then and then in the sixth round a running like another running back slash wide receiver so another hybrid offensive player Demetric felton which um i was trying to catch up on him a little bit i didn't get i didn't get as much of a chance to dig into like in full transparency um fifth and sixth round because i was at baseball t-ball games um all weekend so i was at the field and i was getting like the updates over my phone um but he seemed to be like a huge love amongst a lot of different scouts just based on his versatility and the things that they could do with him as well we love it um and and i don't know if you guys saw this either but did you see the article doug maurice put out something that um talked about how Andrew Barry could field the defense through all players he either drafted or signed in free agency. Like he could field an entire defense defense just based on his new players alone. Listen, Not me, yeah. like <laughs> at the beginning of like free agency, his mission was to just beef up that defense so that the offense didn't have to score 35 points a game. And he exceeded every single expectation. Like, we're like, yeah, just, you know, fill a couple holes here and there, you know, maybe like fill this void, do this need. He did it all. Like, he just wiped it clean. He's like, all right, I'm getting you every single piece that you need, Joe. And also, 
let me just defend Joe Woods for a second because I saw a lot of people saying Joe Woods has no excuses. Joe Woods didn't make any excuses last year. Yeah. Never once did Joe Woods say, hey, you know, if this guy were healthy, this would be different. If things were you know, A, B, and C were a little bit different, you know, the defense wouldn't be so bad. Joe Woods never said any of that. He never complained. He, you know, he took blame or where it was needed. I'm just excited for Joe Woods this year. I, I, I can't agree. imagine how excited he is. And I knew I want fans to like back up a little bit, be like, he has no excuse. Well, he he had excuses last year. He just didn't use excuses. Yes. And also now the deep uh the offense doesn't have to score 35 or 40 points to win a yes. game, but it's gonna be a lot more fun not. when it's gonna be a lot more fun when they do now because now instead yes. of you know 35 to 31 games, it's gonna be like 35 to seven games. Yes. Remember that Tennessee game? Oh. <laughs> Where they got the enormously yes, Dallas too. Yep. Yeah, I mean it was it was actually like gut-wrenching last year to watch our defense put up all these spectacular points and numbers and then just see our defense let it just evaporate amongst our eyes and then every fourth quarter it was like, "Oh my gosh, like are we going to lose this game?" Hopefully like this year, you know, one of the things that I think is important that hopefully is something that helps the offense and Baker Mayfield, especially is there's not going to be that pressure to go down and have to score a touchdown on every single offensive drive. Of course, like that's the end goal, right? You want to get points out of every single drive. And I do think that the Browns offense is capable of doing that, Mm -hmm. but I think having a, competent defense knowing in the back of his mind that well it's okay like we can maybe take some chances take some risks here in terms of the playbook or whatnot knowing that he if they don't convert or there's a turnover he has faith that his defense will get him the ball back I think that's really important especially because Baker Mayfield is obviously still young in his career Mm -hmm. and to not have all that pressure on his shoulders well it's going to come down to us and the offense to have to win this game it's okay to have your defense help win games that's what really good teams do and in fact to win a Super Bowl you want to have a really good defense right like Mm -hmm. defenses can get you to a Super Bowl I mean, I say Super Bowl because, like, we should be talking about that. Yeah. Sorry. I, uh, should be talking about it. Did you guys see that moment from Machine Gun Kelly where he came out to the draft? So he comes out to the draft <laughs> yeah. stage, and it was for the Buccaneers, and he was like, I was supposed to be announcing their pick tonight, but I just wanted to say that I'll see you guys in February for when the Browns are in the Super Bowl, and then he drops the mic and walks off stage, And, of course, everyone <laughs> goes crazy, and I'm just like, he is – Machine Gun Kelly is something else. Oh, he's something. He is uh, he's a something. So I first learned about him because he was on an episode of Catfish as a guest host. I had no idea he was like a Cleveland guy at the time. I wasn't living in Cleveland at that point. But like, I don't know. I just like, it's so like strange now to see him as such a popular figure in both the music world and in, in Cleveland when I was just like, Oh yeah, he was that guy on catfish that got mad at the catfish and started yelling and screaming at her in the middle of the show. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was just really nice to see all the Cleveland stars out shining. I mean, getting the Bernie chance. Yeah. And then I even told you guys like during the, um, during the first round, uh, Jarvis was given the opportunity to pick um, to pick a Jags fan to come up and sit in the chair. And I was just like, oh, my God, if I got picked by Jarvis Landry to come sit on the stage, it would have just like my, my whole life would have been made. Right. <laughs> I was just I mean, it was like such a cool moment. And to see like all the love that everyone got on the stage um, for the Browns and everything else, just it just I think that. Cleveland did a really, I, th- I think Cleveland did itself justice this weekend. Like it just, it was beautiful in every aspect, even, even though it rained a little bit, everything was beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Well, to wrap everything up with a pretty little bow, we mentioned it earlier in the show um, because it was with our giveaway, but Andrew Barry and staff, um, they did get the second highest cumulative grade amongst sports reporter with these draft results at a 3.89 GPA. Number two, 
Number two. And and I think like you could probably argue that they deserve to be number one. Freaking Mel Kuyper gave him like a B minus, I think. He was one Mel that- Mel Kuyper was salty. I saw that. Yeah. Grade. He was yeah, the yeah, yeah. only one that didn't give them in the A range. Yes. And I, Brittany, that's your guy. What's going on? Oh, no, that's not my guy. I just happen to do a very good impression of him. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I don't think I've heard, have I heard this impression. Wait, you, ha- you have to do the Mel Kuyper impression now. Well, no, I'm not going to do it. I can only do it when I'm reading mean tweets. I Like, I have to see something mean, and then, then Mel Kuyper just comes out of me. Like, he always actually lives in me, and then he just comes out when I... Wait, we had a, we had a mean comment in here. Um, I think it was... We men, we men don't know sports. He spelled woman wrong. I can't, you can't put it this <laughs> like this. It's we men, we men know sports. I was like, no, we men don't know sports. Somebody also asked me why I hate men, I think. Did you guys see that one? <laughs> Oh my god. I wish I could find it now. I was so confused at that. Like they were, they were mad about it. Well, they're mad well, that you like men or they no, they're like Brittany like when did you stop liking men and it was like, <laughs> very strange but you know I like everyone These maybe like- we'll get the Mel Kuyper voice to come out I know we'll have out in the next episode I can't wait we'll um do, yeah we'll have to do like a mean tweet segment where Brittany just reads <laughs> things as Mel Kuyper you can I can give you my TikTok comments to read you'll, you'll get some oh, good ones perfect I'll just go through my mentions later. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You'll probably get some right I'll after this. There. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that wraps us up for tonight. Thank you guys all that were tuning in live with us. Thanks for all of the great um, feedback and comments throughout the show. We love reading it, um, reading your feedback. Um, and thanks for those that are first-time listeners. I hope that you guys come back again and join us live. And if we're not live, I hope you download us and listen to us. You can find us on Spotify. Um, Stitcher or Apple Podcasts under That's What B Said. So go ahead and search for us, rate us and review us, or again, find us here live. Uh, we will be back um, at some point next week to chat with you all again. Um, we hope you guys all have a wonderful week and go Browns. 